deep, a deep problem. Again, we're holding in the topic of Zechira, Zikor in the memory, and what we worked on last week was that there's really, and it's a topic which needs further discussion, but there's really two ways that thought formulation, belief formulation, paradigm formulation occurs. The one is that a person sees an event, he has an experience, and from that experience he creates a belief, and with that belief he lives his life. And that belief informs everything he does in his life. So for example, if a person was attacked by a gigantic ginger cat at the age of five, he'll extrapolate an idea that cats could be all cats or could be dafka. Ginger cats are dangerous. When he sees a cat, he will go across the, to the other side of the road. He will be very <coughs> critical of people who have cats as pets. He'll formulate the whole belief system and he'll live a life in accordance with that belief system. If on the other hand, a person growing up at the same age had a beautiful ginger cat as a pet who used to snuggle and... Uh, just talking about cats. And had a beautiful ginger cat as a pet and he used to snuggle with the cat, the cat used to come climb onto his bed and purr and he had an incredibly close relationship with the cat so then he'll form an ideal we're talking about, we're talking about beliefs being formed by what we were just summing up from last week beliefs being formed from events which occurred in our life how those form beliefs and then you live up to the beliefs the first example was a person who was terrorized by a big ginger cat at the age of seven and he formed a belief that cats are dangerous and he should avoid cats at all costs the second person had a cat at the age of seven who was his best friend and playmate and he forms belief that cats are friendly, they are companions and he will gravitate towards cats. Do you understand? Now, what cats are is completely irrelevant to these two people. They don't care what cats are. They have a belief system of cats and the truth is they're not aware of the fact that it's their belief system. They think cats are this. We had a fantastic example in, um, in the share I was teaching earlier on. We explored the notion of lip-smacking. Lip-smacking um, is a process whereby you engage in the, in, the, in the act of eating by doing something along the lines of Now this process, this process to some is the way they eat and to others it's extremely offensive. So there was one guy in the shir that called out, what do you mean? That's objectively offensive. He, of course, was the only person in the share that held it way. <laughs> Do you understand? It was objectively offensive to him. Um, so you see that then our, our way that we actually design, live, and carry out our belief, belief systems in life is our pure fiction. Pure fiction. So the sum total of our relationships to different aspects in life is our fictionalized our subjective reality that we will then we impose on the raw material of the world and if so it means we are from a Torah perspective from a secular perspective that's posture the reality that's why in the in, in the world of no absolute there's no reality reality is what I is the collection of my systems of belief through the events that I experience through my life and therefore your reality is perforce different from mine is different from his and therefore we can never discuss a collective reality or shared reality except some very basic fundamental points which which are purely purely objective but in terms of reality as its as its essence so there's no there's no real 
cohesiveness between different people. But from a Torah perspective, there's a striving for reality, which sometimes we call MS. That means we want to know our cat's friends or foe. Something objective about it. So therefore we have to explore it from an objective perspective. What we said was the way that objectivi- objectivity can occur is through the engagement in the study of Torah, but not engaging in the study of Torah in isolation of self. There has to be a dialogue between the Torah and me, me and the Torah, the Torah and me, me and the Torah. And through the process of that dialogue, I'll be able to expose my subjective formulation of beliefs and then measure measure them up against the Torah. And if I have enough of an open mind, I can actually lock into what is as opposed to what I have created for myself. So I'd like to explore a particular example in this area, which is relevant to Zikorin in a funny way that we haven't seen before. But I would like to make a general point about how this works and why this is so offensive. Maybe we've said it before, but it's worthwhile saying again. And that is, because we don't, we are not skilled in engaging this dialogue, we actually completely dismiss wide fields of Torah because we feel they're completely inaccessible. We feel that they don't speak to me as a person and hence they're inapplicable to my life and therefore I should just completely and totally avoid them, pretend they don't exist and for my nourishment of self-growth let me rather go to other sources which speak in the real tongue of living. And I believe that that is tragic and criminal. It's criminal. The way we relate to Sifre Musa is purely criminal. We relate to them as if they're on this pedestal and we can't connect to them and therefore we leave them on the shelf or when we pull them down we certainly leave the lesson on, less on the shelf of our mind. And I think Pratish, you're very guilty of that. You think that's facing us? Yeah. Okay. No, it's just a hashash. So... What were they? Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Good. Um, just checking. No, the truth is, the truth is, actually, it wasn't you, but I saw Yanko dozing off, and I don't <laughs> didn't want to do a direct attack, so he got he heard the warning shot. <laughs> so. I would like to perhaps engage an example which is relevant for us and try to explore it from this point of view of the dialogue. And you see how actually complex the process becomes when you do it from an Elicha perspective. So we're going to pick a Meimer in the Gemarion Brochus, a Meimer of Reb Levi Barchoma in the name of Reb Shimon Lakish. He <coughs> describes the Mahalach. Le'olam, le'olam toiv, al hora. A person has to yagiz simply translated anger his yetzer toiv on his yetzer hora right from the pasuk shenemar rigzu valtecheto rigzu rigzu loshen tzivoy rigzu be margiz get angry valtecheto will stop you from coming to chet vice dois the rigers in this situation brings to atzolem in achet and if that's true so we have to understand that there's some connection between rigzu and chet so what can it be so resh lakish dashens that it means yarg is yetzar toiv or yetzahora you following me? good next step im nitzchai mutav if you succeeded gewaldik v'im lav if that didn't work yasoik betoira then you should learn 
it is something which is on your lives. Get involved in that. If that worked, gewaldik. Vim lav, Then you say krishma. Pashas not the man krishma. There's some suguling krishma that that's going to save you from your etzahora. Shnema al mishkavchem. Im If that works, fantastic. Mutav. Vim lav is koy lo Then you should have a zikorin of the day of death. Shnema v'doy musela. So we take the pasuk grigzor techetol. Step one. Im rivavchem. Step two. Al Mishkavchem, step three. V'doy Musela, step four. And we subdivide Avoida into four different categories. You've got an issue with your Yetzirah. First thing is some type of conflict that you engage with your Yetzirah. You get your Yetzirah incited against your Yetzirah. That doesn't work. Eisekater. That doesn't work. Kirishma. That doesn't work. Kirishma. What Bichlal are we talking about over here? Let's, let's talk Tachnis. What does he mean? Hechidomi. What's the situation? Is it talking about Bishasa Nisoyen? Shiloi Bishasa Nisoyen. Is this a Hadrocha Klolis of Avoidus Amidus? Or is it referring to one particular aspect? Is this referring to all Yitzoyim, Taiva, Gaiva, Kina, Sina? Or is it only referring to Taiva? What are the four levels? Is it referring to is it referring to different mention? Is it referring to different stages? Is it referring to different types of Taivas? How are the four levels arranged in that order? And why are they such? It comes out that Torah is a biddy evid option for Avodas Ayatza. If you learn that Sadrocha Klalis, so it says, Be'etzim, the struggle between Yatza Torah and Yatza should be fought without Torah. In Nitzchai Mutav, if you weren't Gavaldi. In Lav Yatza Yatza What? There's a Tikkun Ayatza without Torah? Fascinating. And then Torah itself can't work. So when, then Krishma would, Krishma is a din in Tikkun Ayatza? Fascinating. And then if nothing else works, is it hierarchical? How does it work? Is it cumulative? Does it mean that you have to start off with this conflict between Yetzirah and Yetzirah? And if that doesn't work, then you have to add on to it and continue fighting? Or is it exclusive? Try this. If that doesn't work, try this and leave that. If that doesn't work, try this. Or is it, you need all of the four? You following me? Let's go even deeper. Yargis, Yargis, Yetzirah Toval, Yetzirah. So you have to get the Yetzirah Toval, Yetzirah. What's the lambdas of Kaas? Poshet. Kaas is when you have a rotsin, and the rotsin collides with some type of external reality. I want to be in Seder on time, and the bus, tender, whatever, stops me from doing so. So I get angry, because I have a rotsin, the rotsin, something gets in the way of the rotsin, smash, the collision causes Kaas. What type of identity would be needed for a person to have such a sense of separateness in self that he could direct a rotson where the blocking of the rotson would be another part of himself and he'd feel that as an explosion of chaos? So it presupposes an identity which is so deeply locked in the Yetzirah that the Rotson that comes out from the Yetzirah is called my Rotson and the blockage of the Yetzirah is called something completely external to me which is frustrating me from becoming what I want. So that's, for me, that's an amazing Madraga. And therefore, if I'm not on the Madraga, can I start to read the words of Rachel Lakish? I can't put into step... One, and if they're cumulative, so then I can't start the process, so I can't even get onto Asikatoya. Or does Asikatoya create that identity? Do you understand the problem? Do you understand the problem that if you approach it and you read it and then you say, okay, so now let's put this into practice, you can't even begin because there's too much missing. So you have to engage in the dialogue. So how do you engage in the dialogue? The way you engage in the dialogue is simply opening up your mouth and starting to speak to the main one. So you say, 
One second. Eshlokish, what do you mean? How is it possible for me to be upset with myself? Have I ever been upset with myself? Is that an emotion which I can relate to? Is that a reality which touches on me, myself? So I think. And I think. And then I have an inkling of perhaps something which could be connected to this. Do you mean... Do you mean I had an inkling of this? I don't think it was rage. It wasn't rage, but it was more... I had to daven mincha, and I could have daven mincha late, or daven mincha earlier and cut it short. So I thought, well, let me daven mincha quickly, and then I wanted to daven it later, and I realized by doing so I was compromising my tefillah. And I thought to myself, what a chaval. I wish I wouldn't have done that. Aha. So now I already see that there's a presence of two conflicting ritzoners, and I'm, I'm, I'm going, I'm siding with the one rotson. So if that's something which can be developed further, let me think about that. So one second, where do I see these two conflicting returns? Well, let me see. Let's see if, one second, but before we get there, before we get there, what's a good getter of Yetzir Tov and Yetzir Hora? Aha, Lechora, I can't begin to process the Memra when he's referring to things which I don't have a good definition for. Is Yetzir Tov Seichel and Yetzir Midas? Is Yetzir Tov the Kerch HaKadusha and Yetzir the Kerch HaTum? And there's a big nafkamina between those two things. If Yetzir Tov is Seichel, it doesn't necessarily mean Kedusha, it just means the capacity to think rationally and to see the consequence of your action. And the opposing side is the impetuousness of the moment, the wild desires of self, that you don't see what the consequences will be. Mm. So if that's the definition of Yetzir Tov and Yetzir, so then I'll understand this memory in that way. But perhaps the definition of Yetzir and Yetzir Tov is nothing like that. Perhaps Yetzir Tov is the passionate desire, the warm emotion that gets enlightened by Tefillah and by Kedusha. And Yetzirah is a Kerch that has no, no Taiva necessarily attached to it. It's not an open, vulgar desire. It's more a kind of seeing things in a particular perspective. I feel pulled towards uh, going when I'm learning uh, for the sake of covered and not for the sake of maybe covered the tithe or maybe not uh, I don't for some reason I don't have the capacity I just don't I just don't have the capacity to to appreciate the the, the godless of mitzvahs and it makes no sense because mitzvahs are the most precious thing in the world and I know that so information yeah I don't have a lacking to know I, I'm aware of Maimad Sinai, but for some reason mitzvahs seem cheap to me that's completely irrational so it's Kweratuma so which is Yetzirah and which is Yetzirah so now do you understand the problem of being, do you understand why we rather say okay goodbye and we leave it on the most simplistic level and we don't engage because the process of engaging involves us exploring ideas that we feel completely frustrated in exploring because we don't have the wherewithal in self and we don't have the wherewithal in terms of the material being presented to us so therefore we close the book and we say okay give me how to win friends and influence people and will tell me what to do and when doing so, we take the trade that the Abisha gave us on Sinai, we put it aside, and we put Dale Carnegie sitting there with two versions of his books in his arms, coming down and saying, Shkuch. Pathetic. So we have to find a Mahalach. So we have to find a Mahalach. We have to find a Mahalach. So how do we find a Mahalach? So, as we all know, a lot of our time is spent groping around in the dark trying to understand, understand Pshat in the Sugya. 
And for some reason, when it comes to a Schmeitzer, we're very happy to do that. We're very happy to do that. For some reason, when it comes to life, and it comes to things which touch on the reality and the core of our being, we become resistant to doing that. That in itself is a fascinating idea. That's fascinating. Why should there be a chiluk? Why when it comes to a Gemara like this, we read it through, we translate it, we read Rashi, and we say, okay, why don't we geschmack a word? And then, you know, he says amazing thing, you know, I saw this Gewaldig Pshat in the post, and you say, do you have any idea if you've seen the Rishonim, you don't have the says, where's the Lomdus? What? No, nah, So why? Why, why, why? why does it work that way? In other words, if our whole thrust of our learning careers is in order to take exactly a sugya like this, but just with a different subject matter, and to go through it and say, okay, there are four stages to the sugya, and what's the causal relationship between all of them, and how does it impact me? So why do we do such a disservice to that? And the same thing is with Sifre Musa. Sifre Musa, if someone says to you, okay, I would like for you to see 20 Rashbos in one morning, you say, you say, give me a break. It's impossible. So I said, okay, so just do a pericle of Mrs. Shoyim. I said, oh, I can say that, that's easy. So I want you to take 20 rashbos and measure how many lines and words there are in the pericle of Mrs. Shoyim and see which is more and which is less. So how come you can do one and not do the other? Could be that one presentation, so there's a complexity in the presentation, whereas one, the presentation is simpler. But at the end of the day, the, the, the depth and the type of study that's required is the same in both. So how do you go about this process? So now, there's something very valuable which starts to occur. Because you engage in this, so you start to think to yourself, Taka, I have to be Margis my Yetzirah and my Yetzirah. How would they pan out? How would they pan out? So we said, I have an inkling. I have got a Ratzana Toib, and there's a Ratzana Ra, and when the Ratzana Ra prevails, I get upset. But that's not talking about what the Reish is talking about. He's talking about Lechatchila, and I'm talking about Badiyevet. Aha! So now what would it work like Lechatchila? Let's think about it. Mistama, there'll be another Nisarin that I'll have, where Let's keep it the same. There'll be an Isarian Tefillah. I'll have a choice of doubling in a slow minion or in a better minion at a later stage in a more convenient time and getting, getting rid of Tefillah in a very convenient time but sa- sacrificing the value of Tefillah. Mm-hmm. So could I then get angry with the Kuyach inside of me which pulls me to the later minion? That's fascinating. Hmm. Let me try that. So then what happens is you have to actually incorporate in life the lesson being taught to you. And then you start to think about it and all of a sudden, boom, there becomes a focus in life. And then let's say you employ that method. So now you say, the truth is, im vim love. So I try that and now you have to understand from the inside of your life what Meresh Lakish is teaching me. So what does it mean im What would a nitzachoin look like and what would a defeat look like? in terms of my experience of the experiential notion, I don't know. But let's assume that the, the defeat would look like that I'm given the opportunity to daven at a earlier minion, which is, I know, won't afford me the time to concentration, will be very disruptive, or a later minion, which won't, but the later minion will be more inconvenient. And let's say, I start to say, how can you do it? I say to myself in the internal dialogue, how can you sacrifice for something? It's so cheap, so cheap what you're doing. Make it, don't be mazalzal in tefillah. And then I see that, taka, it didn't work, and I downed the earlier minion. So now I have to be oisik in Torah. So now I think to the second stage, what type of oisik Torah? Yevomus, Ksubus, Hilchus Tfila, so now the whole thing opens up. The Prite Potim are completely lacking from the Mamer. So I have to start thinking, so what do I have to do? Let me try. 
And then I have to measure myself. What happens next? Will it cause a nitzachon and that same yaitus and I have a greater chashivus of tefillah? Is it a nitzachon klalis that I'll have a... And so what happens next is I do that and then another opportunity presents me to sacrifice tefillah for convenience and I do it again. So then I have to go down to Krishna. So what does it mean? So what, it means what? Peshas Maisa. So I'm about to daven Mincha in a very Hechigadusha Dikaminion, which is going to take me seven and a half minutes Kavaldi, where I can slip it out for 15 minutes later on and daven with Kavon. Huh? So all of a sudden, yeah, I cut myself. Shma! How's it going to help? Shma! I just say Shma and then transformation, Kavaldi, unbelievable. So let's say I try that. I go, Shma Yisrael, Shem Lekein, Shem Lechod, Asher Yisrael, Yisrael. So it didn't work. So then we go into the next stage. What's the next stage? Next stage is Yisrael Lo Yem Hamisa. So now this is heavy duty. So that didn't work. So now you come, you've got Minka, and you've got potential to now, potential to later. So now you remember that you are mortal. So what does it mean Yisrael Lo Yem Hamisa? It doesn't say Yisrael Lo Misa. It says Yisrael Lo Yem Hamisa. So that's fascinating. It says there's a day of death. I mean, we're all going to die, and we're not just going to disappear. It just there's going to be a day of death. So the the, the mashmoris means what? You should remember your funeral, and it's quite interesting to use the Koran in the future. Use Kola Yoimamis now. Vaisto is the person referred to in the Bryce is still alive. Mema, still alive. So you see that the Koran is definitely not something which is based on the past. It can be based on the future as well. It's fascinating. So what is the Koran working on? What do you do? Do you evoke a vivid picture in your mind of your Leviah? Do you, do you imagine your body in a coffin? Do you imagine the crime? Is it a vivid? Is it an, is it a, an image? Is it an idea? Is it an awareness of your mortality? Do you feel more charged that blood is coursing through your veins and that you feel the opportunity of life? Do you feel that does that mean the bitul hagashmias, but the hashoras nefesh? So you feel the godless haneshama that you know what? This is not me; it's something else. What is it? What is it? So now we have a meimer, and it's a safer sossum. It's closed up. We don't know what it's talking about. So there's no wonder we get frustrated about it. But on the other hand, this is our, this is the only point we have. So for some reason, when it comes to shmaitza, we say, okay. Mean? means that you keep on going and you keep on going and keep on going. What happens when it comes to Musa? There's no Musa, there's no Musa, I've got But there's the same Torah, it's the same Torah, but Torah to Amel. You have to be Amel in Torah. And how do, where will the Amelis take you? Well, it could be that you'll spend, maybe, I don't know how long you have to spend on the Sugya. Maybe you have to spend six months on the Sugya, maybe you have to spend two months, maybe four Sudan will be enough. But there's a certain Erlichkeit and a certain Emunah that you, do, that you have when you do that. And I feel that that's something which is so desperately lacking. I feel that the reason why we don't do it is we don't have enough emunah in ourselves or emunah in the Torah that it's really going to tell us something which is going to be useful in our life. Now that's astonishing for me. That's a very scary ha'ara. So where am I actually getting the direction for my life from? If not from the Dvar Hashem, which has been misguided to me through the Torah of Alper. So where's my drocha coming from? Elamai, back to problem number one, a self-constructed reality. So I believe that the avoider forward lies heavily in this direction. I believe that the Asik in the Sefer Musa is something which is not a mile by omen, it's Poshidam Akif. And it's very difficult because even if a person succeeds in his limit Torah, 
I don't believe that he can succeed in his advancement of who he is as a man and change his paradigms because he will change certain things. He may change the way he sees Alvar, he may see, say, change the way he sees a Korban Pesach or Matzah or Bedikas Chomets, but those are small areas. How is he going to change the entirety of himself if he doesn't deal with the issues where they present themselves? So now I want to make one more point, and that is, and don't think that you can find the Hadrocha in someone that you can go and ask a question. The Hadrocha will always ultimately be in terms of yourself. And unless you learn the process, what you do need Hadrocha in is in the skill of how to do it. But no one can really tell you how you operate inside. Because all those minute arrows you have accumulated over the space of time, so those are the tiny things that you probably, unless you're aware of them yourself, and even if you are, will not be able to express to someone else. And hence, essentially, the job is always going to be left in your hands. Are you all following me? So I think there's a very powerful and potent lesson that we have to take out of this. That we're engaged in an endeavor. That's what we're doing here. And we're trying to explore and to connect with something which is a reality, which is which is something which has an existence which completely transcends our own individual personalities and life experiences. And if we can't somehow access that, and we can't be involved in that, so then we are left alone and dislocated from the source of reality. And the fact that we are Shema Mitzvahs and the fact that we are Isaac in Torah won't solve that problem. So I strongly advocate, and I think it's something that we have to work on, developing a format and a structure to do so, that we have to focus on the limit of Sifra Musa, these Hadrachas, in order stam, to be able to get a Hakkar of ourselves. And then we'll be able to connect to what the Torah is. And I think this is going all the way back to the Akdomel That's all he says. He says that the goal of the Sefer comes about through the Iyun in the midas, and without that you never have anything because we take the things at face value but we don't explore them as you probably many of you have seen this Gemara yes you've seen the Gemara and have you had the kashas we had no not really because you just you just process it that's what the that's what the Ramchal says that it's drawing up shooting so you just but the the Ramchal's like Dom is and he says that's the soil of Zikorin is to be able to explore like we're exploring, making a suga out of something which is really a suga. And that process, that process, uh, uh, granted it needs skills, it needs technique, but that process is the goal. But what happens if you take a don't figure it out? It doesn't matter. I'm not saying you have to figure it out. You have to engage in the process thereof and try to figure it out. Fair boy, sir. That's fair. Yeah.